0: Good day everyone you're listening to time for your hobby and this is episode 149 try to follow our lead i'm your host alex and today i have the honor to have elsie as my guest on the show how are you doing today
1: i'm doing great how are you
0: i am doing fantastic sweaty but you know what what else is new i'm apparently always sweaty
1: Oh, yeah, I feel that. It's been like 80 degrees here all day, so very warm.
0: Plotus, we're actually neighbors. We're recording from the same unit. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: But today is not about the temperature in our area. It's about the temperature in this conversation, if that sounds odd enough. It's about, well, actually, you know, ballroom (laughs) dancing, you get a little hot. So yes, it will bring up the heat. Very true. But before we do that, I'm going to ask the dreadful question of who is Elsie?
1: Who is Elsie? I am 26 years old, born and raised in the greater Boston area. I work in animal hospitality. I am a wannabe foodie, wannabe writer, huge Allie and AJ fan, and I am a competitive ballroom dancer.
0: Well, that last point is what we're going to be talking about today, but those those <laughs> other points kind of like just give an idea of who you are, which is fantastic. You sound like you, you like to try out a lot of different things. You put your hands in everything.
1: Yeah, I like to kind of stay creative, keep those juices flowing even when I'm not dancing, which is my greatest creative pursuit. I like to try different avenues too.
0: You know what? I'm going to try to get inspired. I can't dance. Maybe you'll teach me some moves throughout this conversation if that's possible.
1: (laughs) Yes, anyone, anyone can dance. It just takes a little bit of time, but anyone can really end up dancing.
0: My wife believes that except she doesn't believe I can dance. So anyone but me.
1: Just need to find the right teacher.
0: Yes, maybe you. We'll do a, a Zoom Skype dance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: But yes, today we're just going to jump right into the ballroom aspects. So mind giving a definition of what ballroom dancing is because there's different variations of it. So wh- how would you define it?
1: Yeah, ballroom is a, can be a really broad topic. So if we're speaking really broadly about ballroom dance um, and we're just mainly speaking competitively, uh, it splits off into two. Different groupings. There's international style and American style. International obviously is danced more around the world, and American danced more in America. And it also kind of refers to where it was developed because they have a lot of the same dances, but just different styles. So in American, you're going to have nine dances total. It's going to split into rhythm and smooth. Rhythm is going to be your cha-cha, rumba, bolero, mamba, and East Coast swing. Uh, Smooth, you'll have waltz, Viennese waltz. Tango and foxtrot, Um, and then international style is going to be a little different. You're going to have Latin and standard. Um, Latin is cha cha, samba, rumba, pasodoble, jive, and your standard is going to be waltz, Viennese waltz, tango, foxtrot, and quickstep. So I actually dance international style. And sometimes when you when people are talking about ballroom, they're just going to be referring specifically to the five standard dances. But generally ballroom is like a broader term for those 19 dances.
0: And within those 19 dances, are there similar, let's say, patterns or moves that are like common in all one of them or every single one of them?
1: So You'll have certain dances that are more related to each other than others. One really good example is cha-cha and rumba, despite having like totally different moods and despite existing in both rhythm and Latin, um, have a lot of the same figures in them. And it's just kind of like the timing that changes because cha-cha, you're going to dance on two, three, cha-cha one. Roomba dances two, three, four, one. Uh, so it's a lot slower and smoother than the cha-cha. Um, and then obviously, you know, you have like the waltzes, the slow waltz and Viennese waltz. Uh, Slow waltz has more steps. Viennese waltz has eight, eight steps total. So it's very like simple compared to the waltz. And again, it's going to be your timing. Slow waltz is super slow and beanie's waltz is super fast
0: and i would imagine within all those you had a i wouldn't say necessarily a hard time choosing which one to start off with but actually how did you actually get introduced to ballroom dancing
1: i started watching one season of dancing with the stars because there was an actress from pretty little liars and i was really into pretty little liars at the time and i got into the show and everyone always says like dancing with the stars isn't real ballroom and it's like not really um but the professional dancers are uh, all really great ballroom dancers. And the partner of the Pretty Little Liars actress was doing um, a show outside of Dancing with the Stars, a stage show, with some of the other professional dancers. Um, and so I decided to go and see that. And that was called Sway. They hosted it in New York a few times. Um, And I saw that and it was more of like the pure ballroom. It was almost like a show dance style, um, but still showing off a lot of the different styles uh, that I mentioned. And it was just amazing, like to see just like the passion that they brought to it and really like the different personalities of all the dances, because they do have such different personalities. Uh, That was really inspiring to me. And I was like, oh, that's something I might want to like try someday, like very vaguely thinking about wanting to do that. But then a couple months later, I had to move back to my hometown to take care of my dad when he got sick. And uh, all my friends were away at college, and I kind of didn't really know anyone. And there was a ballroom studio right behind my new workplace. And so I was like, well, you know, this is something I wanted to do. And they had group classes. So I was like, maybe I can meet some friends and that is how i got started in ballroom
0: and do you still go to that uh, ballroom dance studio
1: i do not go to that studio so i have switched studios um i met my instructors there i started in a group class and then i started taking private lessons uh, and they switched studios at some point so i ended up following them uh to their new studio, which has been fantastic.
0: I'm sure you have a preferred dance style now because we talked about it a little bit in the emails that you kind of switched over. So what is your current preferred ballroom dance style?
1: Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> I have been doing, I was doing for a long time, just a lot of standard. For me, standard is really nice because it makes me want to like focus and work hard. It definitely feels like pretty strict. Um, and it gives me like Yeah, because the rest of my life is not very structured. So standard is super structured and that's really nice. But then, so we're just coming out of the quarantine now. I know this will be like aired later. But while I was stuck in quarantine, there were a lot of like, especially like Latin lessons online that people are just streaming. And so I started doing those again and kind of got back into it. Uh, So now that the studio is reopened, I've been taking Latin classes too.
0: And do you have a partner that you like to dance with uh, every single time or do you like trying to dance with other people and try to figure out their flow and just work around so you guys have like a new chemistry?
1: Well, right now I'm just dancing pro-am, which means that I'm just dancing with my instructors. It is really hard to find guys. Like there are not enough men in ballroom here. Uh, So I have the same instructors every time I have one for standard and one for Latin. I recently switched from the original instructors that I was working with. So I'm kind of getting used to having these two new people in my life right now and so that's kind of my main focus before I think about maybe adding an amateur partner down the line
0: for half a second when you said the two new people are like fresh meat (laughs) (laughs) just new dancers let's dance with them
1: (laughs) that's how they saw me they were like excited to see what they (laughs) could do with me I think especially the Latin guy.
0: So it's a give and take. You guys get to learn from each other.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I hope they are enjoying working with me. (laughs) I'm definitely enjoying working with them and getting some new perspective because I danced with my original instructors for almost five years. Uh, And this is the first time that I'm dancing with new instructors. So it's really like I have a lot of like the fundamental knowledge, but they're giving me new insight um, about like the very technical aspects and just like new ways to look at things. And that's really great because everyone has their own way of explaining moves and figures. And sometimes what works for one person doesn't make sense to another. So you just need to hear it a few different ways before it clicks sometimes. So new things have been clicking for me.
0: Well, you know, that means you're a quick learner, which is fantastic.
1: (laughs) Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) There's always more to learn, though.
0: But you also mentioned that you do competitions as well. Did you do the competitions with your uh, trainers or did you have another partner?
1: Yeah, so I have only done competitions with my instructors so far. Um, And we dance, again, pro-am, and it's kind of like dancing against other people who are dancing with their instructors. I'm hoping to find an amateur partner once things start to open up more again. I had like a tryout scheduled with one guy, so we'll see if that goes through. Um, That was just for standard. I really want to find someone else who does the competitive ten dance. Um, I feel like it would be much easier just to have one partner for all ten dances.
0: So on a flip side, would you ever consider teaching other people having your own studio and teaching other people how to ballroom dance?
1: Oh, my gosh. If, <laughs> if, if that were to ever happen, it would be like so far down the line. Um, I'm such like a perfectionist. And right now, I don't feel like I would be able to teach well enough. Like I feel like I would be doing my students a disservice
0: by
1: like teaching them when I still have so much to learn. Like, even though everyone's always constantly learning, I'm not at the point of like being able to teach yet.
0: Speaking about learning, is there one move you have yet to master? But like, this is such a cool move. I would love to learn how to do it. But just the skills and the ability to do it is just like not there yet.
1: God, yes. It is called Batakata. It is a Samba move. And... It looks so easy. It's literally (laughs) like, it looks, it's just like changing weight between your feet. Like you have one foot in front of the other and you like change your weight. You like roll your hip and then you move the foot behind you and do it again on your other foot. And it goes, but it's fast and I can never get like the weight change. Right. And like, I don't move my feet fast enough. So I'm like falling between them. And I have like tried everything. I have practiced this move for so long and it just, I can't get it no matter what I do. I'm literally like planning on going <laughs> to New York to meet this like high level Latin coach just to have her teach me bada kata. Like I have that already planned when she starts teaching again.
0: Has it ever actually happened to you? Like this happens to me all the time. Let's say when you're going upstairs and then you start to think about your steps, like how am I doing this? And then you start going upstairs oddly. Has that ever happened to you while you're dancing? Like you're trying to think like- Literally all the time.
1: <laughs> and it's just like, and every day too, like, I'll have a lesson and I'll work on like, say, I don't know, I'll work on a move in Roomba. And then I go home and I like practice whatever. And then I come back to the next lesson and I get to that move again. And I'm like, oh my God, I've never done this in my life. (laughs) Like, how did I do this last time? I have no idea. So, and then like in the middle of a dance, I sometimes will, when I'm practicing, I'll just like stop in the middle. And my coach is like, what are you doing? Like you were doing it right. And I was like, was I though? And yeah, I was, but I just didn't feel like I was.
0: You're like overanalyzing the situations. I I do that all the time. Yes.
1: (laughs) I know I get in trouble for it because, you know, obviously in competition, you can't do that. You can't just like stop on the competitive floor and Mm -hmm. be like, wait, I think I did that (laughs) wrong. You just have to roll with it. But in practice, I definitely like stop myself sometimes to be like, wait, I think that was supposed to be like a heel turn and I didn't do it. Or like, was I supposed to close my feet there? I don't know. So I just have to get over that.
0: I could just imagine during a competition, you're like, oh, time out, time out. Can I? Okay. Okay, I'm good. Put me back in. You'd be
1: shocked. (laughs) You would be shocked what some people do.
0: (laughs) Okay. So this this I have to ask about, what are some odd things you've seen in competitions? If you can talk about it.
1: I have seen people who I think just kind of freeze up and... Like that can happen, but you should just be prepared. Even if you forget your routine, just like know a couple of basic steps so that if nothing else, you're not just like standing completely still on the floor. And I've seen people just like freeze and have that moment where they're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And it happens to everyone. It's happened to me. You just have to kind of like learn how to recover and like look good in the meantime like keep a smile on your face just like look confident like look at someone in the audience and just like wink at them like because then you definitely like you're like yeah this is a hundred percent what was supposed to happen right now but i sympathize because when i started competing i definitely was like super nervous and would would not have been able to do something like that i probably would have frozen
0: see now if i ever get into ballroom dancing and i just remember this conversation like oh freezing up but remember to smile. I would just freeze up and smile. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, what is he you doing? You're like, seriously. Luckily
1: <laughs> Luckily, the dances are really short. It's like a minute for each dance. So you don't have like a ton of time <laughs> to do that. So as long as you get like your first few steps done, even if you forget the rest, like it's not longer than a minute that you have to feel that way.
0: <laughs> but I bet you that one minute feels like an eternity. Oh, my God. Yes, <laughs> always. And for you, what would you say is the best part about ballroom dancing on a personal and an emotional level? I
1: mean, I mentioned before, like it really just gives me structure, something to work towards. And, you know, when I get there, I'm, I feel really focused and like more with standard than with Latin. With Latin, it's like more fun and kind of laid back. But you still really are just like thinking about what you're doing. You're paying attention to every part of your body and how it's working and the person that you're working with, too. Um, And that's really been good for me because, like I said, my my normal life at my job, I don't have set hours, I don't have set shifts, set days off. So that's really difficult. And I'm kind of all over the place with other hobbies because of my work schedule. And so dance is like the one very consistent thing that I have. And being able to do that every week and being able to see the same people gives me something in my life that I don't otherwise
0: have. And uh, when it comes to, like we talked about this in the emails as well, like when it comes to picking a studio, you don't go any, mini, miny mo. you probably have like, all right, well, this is the style I'd like this studio do. I want to join that. Is that what's your thought process when picking one?
1: Yeah, so I have a lot of strong opinions about picking a studio. <laughs> Basically, what it comes down to, though, is that when you start to look, the first thing that's going to pop up is probably going to be Arthur Murray or Fred Astaire. And those are like big chain studios. They have like probably hundreds of locations. I know Arthur Murray is even like on different countries, continents. And so that's kind of naturally where people will look first because they're like, okay, this is everywhere, you know, and it's named after these famous dancers. And they think, you know, if it's a chain, it must be good, right? But in reality, they can be kind of predatory. So what happens is, and I honestly like just to, make sure I knew what I was talking about before this, I kind of like looked them up to see what they're charging for stuff. And they don't even have pricing on their website. They just say, come in for like a free, short introductory thing. And then we'll talk about what you want to do and the pricing from there. And I actually went undercover at one of their (laughs) open houses just because I had nothing better to do, I guess. I don't really remember. I think I had a friend visiting and she wanted to dance and we just decided to go. And they like come over and like talk to each person individually. And it felt like very weird and forced. And so what they do is, if you take group lessons at Arthur Murray or Fred Astaire, your teacher is going to be another student who is often gonna be another student who recently finished that class. And now they're saying like, you took the class, so you can teach the class. And like going back to what I said earlier about how I don't feel like I'm ready to teach yet. They're putting people in that position who aren't necessarily ready to teach yet. And, you know, every time you're going to lose a little bit more technique and you're going to lose a little bit more of like the skill. And so then you're passing that on to the next group of students and one of them might become a teacher. So it's really like you struggle there and then they have been known to overcharge. I don't have the specific numbers because I couldn't get them but they will try to like talk students into buying uh, lesson packs. So if you decide that you want to do private lessons, which they always are going to try and upsell you on, they'll tell you that you need to buy like some ridiculous number of lessons be like, Oh, you should pay up front for like 20 lessons. And, you know, and at the same time, they really aren't paying their teachers a lot. because I've known people who have worked at Arthur Murray and Fred Astaire and have left there and said that The studio takes a huge chunk of their commission. They don't make much and they are not allowed to like network that much. They are not allowed to like use personal social media to interact with students or anything. They have to have a separate professional profile um, for any kind of networking. So it really like they don't necessarily treat their students well. They don't treat their teachers well. And there are so many good Local studios, a lot of them are owned by immigrants. Um, and these are people who are especially coming from like Eastern Europe, Russia, Ukraine, and it's like their whole life and they've been doing it since they could walk. they've been dancing. And so that's like what I always recommend to people. I recommend lo- looking up local ballroom studios. and then like if you find one that's privately owned and you go to their website, they should always have like kind of like a description of like who's working there. Usually, it's like our team. And then they'll have like their accomplishments listed, which is great. And that can be really helpful in making sure that you are getting someone who like a teacher who's right for what you want to learn. I know at my studio, like I, if you go on their website, and you find my standard coach, you know, he was like a champion and all these different stuff when he was younger, and now he's teaching. And you don't necessarily need someone who's like winning the world finals for like 20 years straight. But If they have competition experience and you want to get into competition, that's definitely good to know rather than like my former instructors. I loved them, but they did more like show dance stuff and then they came into competition. And I don't feel like we suffered for that at all. Um, But it is just like something to consider and something to look at ahead of time before you get into that kind of partnership.
0: And I could be wrong, but it sounds like the smaller local ones, ones who have like people like family owned or like this ones that are very passionate people, they're more, they give more attention to the students and help them. And so it's kind of like the other one sounded, I don't want to be the bashing too much, but like the other one sounds kind of like a university or a college where like the first year where you're like a thousand students and then you get like some, just a very fraction of attention. And I don't want to be that dude, but it, it sounded like you're describing a pyramid scheme. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, honestly, like that's how I feel about it, too. I feel like I am afraid to like say this and have people be like, "You don't know what you're talking about, but I mean, that's pretty much how it is. It's not like a personal experience. I'm sure there there are a lot of great dancers who come out of it, but compared to like how many dancers they have going into it, it's kind of yeah, you definitely don't get the same amount of personal attention." And the people who are like running their own studios, it's not like you don't make a huge profit running mm-hmm. a ballroom studio. I think people think you do. But it's a lot of hard work. It's a ton of expenses. And the people who are doing it are really doing it because they love dance. And I've had such good experiences at my private studio. I actually when we came to the studio, I was really nervous. It's kind of far away from me um, and I can't drive due to a disability I have. And my coaches have come together to make sure that I always have a ride to and from the studio. Like they go out of their way to pick me up and drop me off at my house so that I can still make it to dance.
0: That's awesome. And also we have to give a shout out to your studio, right? We got to give them them a shout out.
1: Absolutely. So I dance at Bolera School of Ballroom Dance in Newton, Massachusetts. They are fantastic. My standard coach, his name is Basil. He's also the studio owner. He and his wife, Liana uh both wonderful people. And my new Latin coach is his name is Nikita. He is like 21 years old. So I feel old mm. dancing with him. <laughs> um, but he is like crazy talented and like really intense and awesome. I highly recommend all of them. Or really that's like their core staff right now. Um, but they're partnered with a lot of other local teachers. And it's such a good energy. Everyone is super friendly, super welcoming. It doesn't matter if you have like years of experience, if you have no experience at all, like everyone is always welcome there.
0: So basically, if I'm welcome, everybody else is welcomed because I have zero experience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are group classes and it's kind of like mixed, too. So it'll just be like, here's like Latin class. And I've taken it with my like five years of experience. And I've been in the same class with people who have never danced before. It's their first class ever. and the the teachers are so good at just like identifying what each different person needs. So they'll do a step and it's kind of like they'll give the beginners the tools that they need just to get the basics of the step. And if you're already more experienced, they'll kind of like come over to you and give you more of like a technical aspect to work on. So you're working on like a higher level technique while the beginners are working on just like starting to learn it. Um, so everyone is still benefiting from the class, it's not going over anyone's heads, but it's also not like kind of like not being challenging for higher level dancers.
0: That's the great part. I love how they give attention to people and try to figure out what their strong points and their weak points are to just try to improve and make it more enjoyable for everybody.
1: Yeah, and it creates a great community too. Um, When you have new dancers coming in and meeting like the dancers who have been there for a while, uh, I think it makes it a lot easier and also to like see where you're headed and that you're not gonna be like fumbling over your feet forever too like there is a light at the end of the tunnel you may actually someday be able to dance
0: <laughs> knocking on wood for me someday hope,
1: yes <laughs> wish upon a
0: star <laughs> and when you're not dancing at the studio what is your other preferred place to dance or even practice is it at home outside
1: the thing that's hard is that um with ballroom you really need a dance floor so you can practice some stuff at home and I do the only reason that it is difficult is because you're always dancing in heels. And ballroom is all about like shapes and angles in your body. So if you don't have heels on, and if you're dancing on flat feet, that is going to like change the feeling, especially in like your leg muscles, but just like in your whole body, it's going to change the feeling, it's going to change your shape, and that can end up leading to bad habits. So obviously, when everything was like locked down and quarantined, I was taking dance classes through like zoom and stuff and I didn't have a hardwood floor um so I just got dance paws which are like it looks like a half flip-flop it has just like a piece of leather that goes on the ball of your foot a flip-flop top and then like it straps around the back of your foot and so it makes it kind of like a dance shoe bottom if you can't wear your heels and that was like fine you just have to like try and remember to balance on the balls of your feet and it's hard without the support of a heel so if I'm not at bolera practicing uh there is like right down the street from my apartment another studio complex and you can just like rent floor space for like ten dollars for an hour so i'll go there sometimes just by myself to run through my routines um, when i'm not like in a lesson
0: is it accepted or a faux pas to let's say combine two different ballroom dance styles into like one routine
1: if you do that, you can do it for a show dance, which I personally love. I am a huge fan of doing things like that. I And I love picking music that isn't necessarily like the ballroom norm, because there's some music you just hear over and over and over again. So I like to pick more modern music um, and then use it for show dance, which is different. You it You don't compete the same way that you compete with just, like, the ballroom dances, but you get to pick your own music, which you don't get to pick music, obviously. Otherwise, you get to pick your own music, tailor your routine to it, and you can, like, do mashups of different styles. You can have, like, some contemporary if you want. You can do, like, tricks and stuff. My last, over the fall, I had a show dance to Sweet But Psycho, um, that Ava Max song, and it was a mashup of jive, rumba, and pasodoble. So you can absolutely, do it you just have to find a teacher who's like on board and ready to work with you
0: that's awesome and you mentioned about you don't use the traditional song so i have to ask you do you have a go-to song like this one song that just speaks to you like this is this is Elsie's song
1: oh i mean it's hard because with so many different dances i have favorites for every one my favorite like my favorite like non-traditional one um, that people always give me a hard time about is I love to dance Foxtrot to Call Me Maybe. Um, <laughs> but Foxtrot also just has like a bunch of weird covers. It There was an Oops I Did It Again cover in the studio the other day. And I was like, that's wild. Like I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that one's my favorite like non-traditional one. Sometimes I get like really attached to the cheesy traditional ones. Like I could dance viennese waltz to K sera, sera all the time and i would like never need another viennese waltz song like i could just keep dancing to that one whereas i think it drives some other people crazy <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what we all have our go-to songs and there's nothing wrong with that
1: yeah i'm actually like working on a concept right now for a jive to potential breakup song which is an ally and aj song from like 2009 i think but it's just been stuck in my head and sometimes that happens where a song gets stuck in my head and i'm like i just have to work on this and like find my choreography just to get it out of my system
0: <laughs> it's like it's like a song stuck in your head and then you, you only not only have the song stuck in your head but you have the dance routine stuck in your head too and you have to release it exactly <laughs> and speaking about things stuck in your head this was a weird but fantastic segue what do you do to get <laughs> in the mindset before a dance let's say routine like do you like prepare yourself like do you do few stretches or do you sing to yourself? What is your (laughs) go-to preparedness?
1: Yeah. I mean, we always start with, um, basic stretching. You want to get everything kind of loosened up. It is a full body activity. If I go into a lesson and I know what style we're dancing that day, um, I'll usually listen to that kind of music ahead of time. So if, you know, if my instructor tells me, okay, we're going to work on waltz this lesson then i'll put on my waltz playlist and i'll just kind of listen to that while i'm stretching or if i'm feeling like in a really extreme mood then i try to like mellow it out if i don't know what i'm dancing because if you come into a lesson and you're feeling like really strongly some kind of way and you're not dancing something that goes with that so like sometimes i've come in and i'm just having like a great day and i'm so excited and like happy to be there and that's like a perfect quick step mood and i'll come to my lesson And it'll be like, okay, we're going to dance slow waltz Mm -hmm. today, which is like so mellow (laughs) that then I'm like bursting with energy. I have to find a new way to channel it. So I try to come in like with like a good, mild, mild energy to me and then kind of adjust it in the lesson once I know what I'm dancing, Uh, because it's hard to just like do an on the spot switch.
0: I could just imagine, let's say you're, you're like, you have a hype day. You're really excited. And then uh, your trainer, your coach is like, okay, today we're going to be doing it more relaxed. You're like, okay. You start doing relaxed, yeah. relax. And when he's not looking, you're like, nah, 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 do it really fast. And then when he looks back, you're like, mm, normal, slow, That's calm. That's literally man. me.
1: <laughs> I literally like will, if I'm like having a hype day, but I'm dancing so waltz, I'll be like jumping up and down. <laughs> and then he'll like open his arms to come into frame. And I like stop, walk into frame and just like pose. And like inside, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let me go. Let me lose. I got this. This is my time. This is my time to shine. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say like when you first started ballroom dancing, what was your biggest challenge?
1: When I, yeah. So when I first started, I had a lot of self-confidence and body image issues. At that time was like really overweight and just not comfortable in my body or how I felt. And that was like a huge challenge even deciding to take the class I was really nervous about that and I was just lucky that my teacher who ended up being my coach was a super affable guy very welcoming and made me feel comfortable to come back but when I first started and I was only dancing Latin at that time too which was even harder because Latin you need like a certain level of confidence Um, And you're also not hiding behind your partner, not that you should be hiding in standard, but you're in hold. And so I always felt like when I was in hold, like, okay, you can't see like my stomach and stuff, which is what I was most self conscious about. But in Latin, it is all out there. And that was such a huge adjustment for me to make just being willing to put myself out there and have people like look at me and look at my body. And I just went for the rest of my life, I had always tried to hide it, you know, and just make myself small and unremarkable. So no one would look at me or pay attention to me. And then I was coming into a hobby where the whole point is to be like, Hey, look at me, check it out. Look what I'm doing. But I think that was, that was really hard for like the first year or so. And then it kind of slowly started to build up my confidence. And that's part of the reason why I started competing rather than just taking lessons and staying social is My instructor bribed me and he said, My wife is a dressmaker and she will make you whatever kind of beautiful dress you want if you compete. And I love a good dress. So I was like, You know what? Like, for one of her dresses, because her dresses were stunning, I was like, For one of her dresses, like, I will suck it up and I'll do it. And she made me this, like, blue, like, royal blue fringe dress that when you turn the fringe went everywhere. And it was so cool and i went to that competition and like i had invited my family and stuff and i was so afraid and i got on the floor and i just felt like really good and everyone was so encouraging and i looked around and something that like is important for people to know too is that you don't have to be like super skinny super in shape to dance like you can be at any you know any size any fitness level and you can still dance and no one is going to think anything about it i looked around and there were women of all sizes, shapes, whatever on the floor with me. And I was like, okay, like this is like, I don't know why I was so worried. And it, so it really helped my confidence a lot. But it was hard in the beginning to get over that hurdle and be okay with myself.
0: You know how they say people like, oh, just picture them in their underwear. And, you know, (laughs) I have a weird analogy and I say way too much on this podcast, but you know what? It's still relevant.
1: That's okay. Instead of
0: like saying, imagine people in their underwear. I say, you know what? Even the most beautiful people, the skinniest people, the richest people, all that, they always everybody takes an ugly shit. So it's like everybody has that (laughs) ugly like face. I'm like, oh, you're human. (laughs) Yep. So true. That's, That's my weird way of like calming myself down and like, okay, they're just human just like me. So
1: Yeah, exactly. Whatever works.
0: So it sounds like you got like so a few challenges ahead of you. Like you're not ahead of you, but you got some challenges under your seat, or what's there's an expression for that. Mm-hmm. You've surpassed some of the challenges. So my following yes. question is, what are your current challenges these days?
1: I mean, I do still struggle with the body image issues, unfortunately. It's kind of it's gonna be something that follows me for my whole life and dance is still helping, but there are times where I go to the dance studio and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my god, I wish I like didn't have eyes today. Um, so that's the, that's like a constant thing I'm working on. And then right now, I'm really enjoying my new instructors. They're fantastic. But it is kind of emotional to dance with new people after dancing with the old instructors for five years. Um, and I would have continued with them, but they actually uh, were denied their work visas. So they have had to move back to their home country of Belarus. Um, I'm supposed to go see them this summer, depending on what the travel situation is like. Um, But we were like really close. They had basically become family to me. We spent holidays, birthdays, everything together. We used to go on like road trips, trips to the beach in the summer. And they were just like my people. They were there for me through everything. So going to the studio, sometimes I walk in and I still expect to like see them there. And obviously I don't. So that is like still something that's hard for me that I need to work on, like getting used to
0: not having them there but at least you said you have the intentions to either them coming back hopefully in the future or you going to visit them which is that that shows a connection of like you know what you you love them very much and they love you that you're willing to just go over and experience just your family at that point
1: yeah absolutely i definitely consider them family i hope they feel the same (laughs) um we're still in touch and they're definitely going to try and come back here. I'm going to go there as much as I can. It's hard. It's like a 16 hour trip, I think. And, um, like a seven hour time difference. So it's really, it's kind of tricky. Um, but we, we're going to make it work because after all that we've been through together, I can't imagine like not having them in my life.
0: You've talked about you going over to visit them and them come visiting you. Have you guys ever discussed, let's say, travel together to go to another country to learn the culture of ballroom dancing from that country? And if so, which country would that be?
1: I feel like that would be really interesting. there. So a lot of ballroom is based in, like Russia has a huge ballroom scene, obviously. And uh, Eastern Europe, and they are in Belarus, but I think there's more in like Ukraine and stuff. And then uh, in England, too. Because that's where Blackpool, which is like the like Super Bowl of dance competitions, is held. Um, so maybe like there. I know kind of like all the different regions have their own stuff going on. So it'd be interesting really to go to any of them. I know Japan has a lot going on. Um, Australia has a good scene. So I'd like to go to any of those places to check out the ballroom stuff my instructors have been around the world. They taught on cruise ships. So they've been like literally everywhere. So I don't think there's anything that would be super <laughs> new for them, but maybe.
0: <laughs> well, I'm from Canada. Is there any good ballroom dancing in Canada?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. There are some great teachers up there. remember their names off the top of my head. But in, uh, I know I've heard a lot of good teachers in like Vancouver, pretty much anywhere will have ballroom. You just have to find it. But while this quarantine has been going on, the um, there's this one dancer, her name is Katusha Demidova. And she has been like, she was like a 20-time world champion, national champion. She was like winning in other random countries too. Um, so it is like basically like the ballroom goddess. I don't know. She has been doing a program um, every night from quarantine. And she, it's just like a talk show basically. But she, there's a bunch of people from Canada who check in and she's like, oh yeah, like the studio in Canada, that. So she's a watching her shows has been a good resource for finding like different teachers in different areas.
0: Well, you know what? If she is listening to this podcast episode, I'm sure uh Elsie here would love to meet you.
1: Oh, yeah, she comes to our studio. She's like technically a co owner, I think, of Bolera. Um, so she's there a couple times a year, but I haven't actually like met her yet. I took a um a master class from her one time so it's basically just a big lecture with like 50 people and she's teaching so i really haven't met her or had a lesson with her but i would love to someday
0: okay so people who are listening to this right now who are into ballroom dancing and know this woman personally and just get things organized so they can dance with elsie get in contact with me i'll get in (laughs) contact with elsie we'll make things work
1: yes there you go We got this.
0: (laughs) And on a more, I wouldn't say necessarily a darker side, but I feel like I already know the answer, but I don't know the full answer. Has ballroom dancing ever stressed you out? And if so, what is your go-to de-stressor?
1: Yeah. The funny thing is that dance is my de-stressor, even when it's stressing me out, Um, even when I'm just getting really frustrated. And so we, I mean, obviously I talked about like the body image stuff, but also sometimes you just feel like you're not getting something. And no matter how hard you're working at a certain step, a certain dance, a certain routine, it's just like something's not clicking. For me right now, it's probably in jive. I'm having a really hard time staying light on my feet. And you have to be light on your feet in jive. So that's been driving me crazy. And when that happens, I just kind of pick a different dance and just work on that. Something I'm more comfortable with or something even just like one particular step in one particular dance viennese waltz is really good for de-stressing because like i said there are only eight steps (sighs) and (laughs) you don't need to worry about a routine you just need to do those steps if you don't feel like going full force you don't even have to it's literally just like a basic box in any waltz and you just put on the viennese waltz music it's really fast and you just kind of like twirl around as fast as you possibly can (laughs) to the music and it's so comforting and such like a good way to release the stress of whatever else you're working on
0: it sounds like the dance for me if i were to pick it up it sounds like (laughs) the perfect dance to start off with and just (laughs) i it's,
1: it's actually like really difficult and they don't even do it at every level they kind of start it at higher levels because i make it sound simple but there's actually like a ton of technique involved and again it's really fast but if you're like not Worrying too much about technique. That's when it's like easier and like more fun just to kind of run through if you're stressing out and need to release that energy somewhere.
0: Well, you know what? You give me a padded, like some padded walls, and I'll, I'll give it a yeah. shot. <laughs> <laughs> because I know if I spend too much, I'm just going to run right into the wall. And yep. <laughs> so one of the. Waltz is great. Yeah. <laughs> Waltz. See, the key word is wall in there. Somebody must have bumped their head in a few times. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the very important questions I ask in every single episode, and I feel like it's very important to bring it up here as well, is what are some misconceptions about people who do ballroom dancing?
1: Oh, fun. Okay. I feel like within, within the ballroom world, misconceptions that some dancers have about each other, I feel like people who dance the international styles, which is what I dance, the 10 dance, are sometimes viewed as elitists by people who dance the American styles because international is more like classic and very like strict about rules and figures that you're allowed to do at each level. And American is kind of more, it's more like social. They're still competitive, but instead of having like a list of steps you can do, they just have like steps you can't do. So sometimes people view international dancers as Like elitist, like we think we're better than them. And I think in general, like people who don't necessarily dance kind of, I've heard people say that they think it's clicky or that people are catty or like me, they are afraid that, you know, coming into it and not being like fit and in shape that people would judge them. And in reality, ballroom is one of the most accepting communities I've ever found. Like people are just happy that you found ballroom and that you're there and you want to learn. Everyone is been really encouraging. No one cares what you look like. As long as you come in with an open mind and you're like willing to learn, willing to make the mistakes that you're going to make and willing to take your feedback and keep running with it, then people are just going to be like happy to have you there.
0: And everybody brings a little something different to the energy to the room.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Well, you know, I I, do, I really do like the community aspect, especially in a activity that involves working with other people. The fact that they're inviting makes it more enjoyable. Absolutely. I, I can't imagine you, you seem like a, such a delightful person, you having a good time dancing <laughs> with somebody who's just so angry or hates you or stuff like that. I'd be kind of a weird <laughs> energy.
1: <laughs> That'd be such like a strange dynamic. And like, you've seen it, you can see it on like Dancing with the Stars, which I like sometimes like spite watch <laughs> um but you can always tell like when the couple doesn't get along and they're just like absolutely miserable and they're on the floor they have no chemistry and it looks like they just want to throw each other across the floor um which like i guess can happen but in like outside of that kind of setting especially like at the pro-amp level you don't really see that very much generally people are get along easily with each other
0: <laughs> it's kind of like when parents force their children to say sorry to each other <laughs> it's like,
1: sorry.
0: but it's still yep.
1: angry. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely
0: and what has ballroom dancing taught you in life
1: it's really taught me just to put myself out there be more confident be open to new experiences And definitely be patient with myself, like keep working, don't just stop when something gets hard, or you feel like you're not making any progress. Because sometimes you are making progress that you can't even see yet. Sometimes you just need to look back on it later, look back at where you started and where you are now, and then you'll be able to see, even if you don't feel like you've made a ton of progress, you can see the difference. And it's definitely made me more open to pursuing new things, not just ballroom, but like Other endeavors too, because I know that if I keep working at it, then someday, you know, hopefully I'll get the results that I want.
0: And you seem like a pretty determined person. So I have no doubt you're going (laughs) to achieve those even like tomorrow. You're like, Alex, I got there. After this conversation, (laughs) I just got there.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I, again, always working, always trying to keep that mindset up because the minute that I let myself be like, oh, it's not going to happen is when everything starts to fall apart. So I just have to keep telling myself that, you know, it's going to happen. And figure out what my game plan is to make that work,
0: and I would also imagine it's not about just taking the one giant leap, it's baby steps to get there,
1: oh, always when we dance, you like you'll see a figure and you're like, "I can do that, and you have to like you can't because you have to break it down step by step. You need to start with where to put your feet, but then it's like where's your body weight and how are you moving it, and what muscles are you using, and like where are your arms? what's your head doing? And then how do you connect everything? How do you find like the flow between what your feet are doing, what your hips are doing, your center, your spine? Like you have to break everything down into little pieces before you can get the big picture. And then when you do get the big picture, it's so much more rewarding.
0: You know how Shakira says hips don't lie? My hips lie to me all the time. I I, I believe in them and they're like, nope, you're not, you don't, you don't bend that way. So I got to take baby steps if I ever get into it.
1: (laughs) Oh, mine mine still lie constantly. No matter what I do, they're always lying to me.
0: Never tell the truth. Our hips, they just... Nope.
1: (laughs) Never do quite what I want them to.
0: And uh, so when it comes to like learning more about ballroom dancing, do you have any recommendations for people to go look online? Let's say to learn more about like the history of ballroom dancing or learning how to slowly do a new move, anything like that.
1: It's so hard because when I, I started to look and I had a really hard time finding anything... Because everything is kind of biased towards different governing bodies. The competitive ballroom world is split between the World Dance Council, WDC, and the World Dance Sport Federation, WDSF. And they are constantly at odds because WDC is kind of like more old-fashioned. And they believe that the important thing about dance is the artistry and the beauty. WDSF are the people who want to turn dance into an Olympic sport. so. They are trying to like make really specific rules for everything and kind of like in WDC people think that WDSF people are taking away from the artistry and the creative expression of it. But the WDSF people are also adding a bunch of cool new figures. So it's hard. But there is a good YouTube channel that I found called Ballroom Backstage um, and it has a ton of like ballroom videos and interviews and stuff. So that could be really cool. Anyone who is interested in more of the American styles, I didn't talk about it too much because I don't know very much about it. The Arthur Murray and Fred Astaire websites do have like long blurbs about like the history of ballroom in America. So those are interesting to read. um, Keeping in mind what we've talked about with those studios, they do have good like historical information. And yeah, any like, college teams to MIT and Harvard have like big college teams and so they have more information if you go to their websites and find like their ballroom clubs info
0: well you know what i'll put some of those links down below or all the links all the links on the internet down below about ballroom i'll put the ones that uh, lc mentioned <laughs> so it'll make it very easy for everybody to just go check it out and just learn more and you kind of touched this a little bit but i'll ask it again in a weird way not again but a different question Do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? If you had to give like one big piece of solid advice, what would it be? Just
1: do it. Just go for it. No, but in reality, if you're going to do it, find the right studio. Don't jump in and buy a million lessons at once. Try it out. See if it's like a good fit for you. Sometimes like the energy is different at different studios. Start with a group class or if they're offering like a free introductory lesson, some do go for it and just kind of get a feel for it. Find the right place. Find your community. Cause they are definitely out there. They're definitely, I feel like there's a ballroom community for everyone and don't be afraid. Just give it a go. Anyone can dance if they try and put the effort in.
0: You know what? You're giving me hope. I mean, you keep on you keep on saying <laughs> anyone can dance and I'm like, yes, I can do it. At my wedding, yeah, I wasn't really good dancer. There's pictures of me dancing like a fool, but yeah, no, I have confidence. No,
1: <laughs> you just have to, if you find a studio with like beginner lessons, grab your wife and go and just give it a try. I mean, the worst thing that happens is like, okay, the worst thing I ever saw happen was like one (laughs) woman did fall and break her arm, but you're probably not going to do that. Mm. The worst thing that happens (laughs) is you feel silly.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't get embarrassed. So it's fine. I would embarrass her with my dance moves.
1: Uh
0: (laughs) And now for the last question, speaking about embarrassing me, do you have any questions for me about ballroom dancing?
1: I just, I'm always curious. I ask people this a lot. What is the first dance that you think of when you hear ballroom dance?
0: The first dance, it's stereotypically, I would say the waltz.
1: Yeah, nice. And that's the <laughs> one. And I,
0: yeah, I think of the waltz, and I think very many, many years ago. I think some classical songs playing along with it. And you were t- like, mm-hmm. before I spoke to you, like I knew very little about it. But you're talking about it's. There's so many different types. There are 19 different types of. Uh, ballroom dancing is like cool oh yeah it's like it's adapted to the <laughs> cultures and the area and the people so it's much more than just the waltz and there's nothing wrong with the waltz but i'm saying like
1: <laughs> oh the waltz is great <laughs> I, I just think it's funny and especially like i ask people and they know that i'm a latin dancer and i say what's like the first latin dance you think of and they either say salsa like salsa <laughs> or bachata and neither of those are competitive <laughs> dances but i like appreciate the effort Every so often, I get like a Paso Doble, which is surprising to me. But I think that just because it looks really cool, people have like seen it on Dancing with the Stars, and are like, "Wow, that's amazing." That's always an interesting one to get.
0: So I definitely learned a lot more today by just talking to you. And you're very passionate, which is which is always great. Well, actually, every guest I have on here is passionate. I don't think I've had a <laughs> non-passionate person. Yeah, my hobby That'd be is
1: so sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my hobby is ballroom dancing. Come on, Alex, can you get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like, so yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Elsie, for coming on and just sharing your love and opening up to me and just talking about how much you love this activity, this sport, this passion, this love for ballroom dancing.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that we got to have this chat.
0: If you guys want to learn more about ballroom dancing, I'll put the links down below where you can search up some stuff. Elsie shared some great information, so I'll put that down below. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforhobby@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you can leave a review. I hear reviews are good for podcasts. I oh, don't know, some bird in the air told me that. Uh, but if also you want to show some more support, this is completely optional. You can uh, buy merchandise on Redbubble with some time for your hobby logo on it. With So you don't need that on anything, but it's there if you want it. And if you want to show some more support, also completely optional, I have a Patreon. So those are optional things. It's not going to stop me from making new episodes. It's there if you want to show some support. But you just listening is support enough. So once again, thank you so much, Elsie. Yeah, thank you. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.